I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. It's a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us and helps us to look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram's a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name's Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado, and with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and man who recently got shocked by an espresso machine. Hello. My man. Hey. Your hair has gone back to normal. And, yeah, uh, flattened out a little bit. That's true. <laughs> My, my nice. This is what I get for doing my own maintenance. One of the joys of business ownership is uh, going in at four in the morning to fix uh, broken broken gear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you do your own maintenance, sometimes you're there until four in the morning. <laughs> and I actually like honestly, I was thinking about it today. That it's been almost ten years, and that might be the latest I've ever been there. Ah, uh, right. So that's kind of exciting. Set a set a little record for myself. There's something special in my heart about moments like that when when you're not doing the the night shift every night, but right. it's like you're in your high school at four in the morning, or you're right, in, yep, you're up late in your dorm, you know, uh, gathering room at four in the morning, right, at your business at four in the morning. Yeah, there's a there's a like it, it's almost like a, like the the uniqueness of this experience makes it a holy space. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's how I feel. Yeah, I get that creates a sense of security and speaking of which <laughs> the there, there is so after talking about stress my mind blew open a, on a handful of things yeah. that i wanted to talk about money i want to talk about money some more yeah uh, as we move into security uh by the way we're going to talk about the arrows again and this time we're going to talk about each of the types their relationship to money as they get secure and you might be thinking well that sounds great i never feel secure about money and what, that's spoiler, fair. That's reasonable. That, <laughs> that's reasonable. <laughs> Jerks that we are, though, we might show you how there's still missteps. There's potholes ahead. Oh yeah, it's not always secure. a good thing. Yeah, yeah. One of the things listening, uh, I started just binging stuff out there. By the way, the gentleman at Art of Growth podcast, which I think I would put as my number one Enneagram podcast out mm. there. That's not us. Yeah, um, they did a they did a little series on money earlier this year that's really worth going to. Uh, they just were in conversation with a gentleman, uh, Sean Cook, no relation, uh, who was a financial planner, and he had a, just a ton of great things to to offer. And they were bringing out some colors through the Enneagram. And if you really want to get more into the details in work of shoring up your finances and here are some strategies it was as good a material as is probably out there so well worth looking at one of the things that got mentioned there was that the desire for security can be a motivator yeah both for good and bad but our desire to feel secure gets us up in the morning gets us going to the coffee shop at 2 a.m so that we can (laughs) <laughs> fix our machines and what <laughs> that really is not have to pay is, somebody else to come in 
Yeah. Yeah. You want to you want to shore up your business? Uh, why do you want to shore up your business? You want to make sure that it's profitable. Why do you want to make it profitable? So you can get a paycheck and have the experience of meaning that comes from doing that. And wrapped up in some of that is both the happiness of having meaningful work, but also the security of, you know, having your finances locked down. Yeah. 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 I, I love doing it, but a big part of why I do my own maintenance is because I, I would rather spend that money on other aspects of my business. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. I think a lot of us when coming to money and the just the pursuit of a paycheck, security is a target there. Might not be the only target, but it certainly is somewhere in there. And it might just be worth noting, especially for us, since we don't think the target is security in terms of your Enneagram type. Your target is to be a balanced, healthy person in your type. And yeah. being secure can be part of that. Right. But for a lot of us, security, feeling secure can be the primary it might be worth naming here at the outset. Yeah. Yeah, that, that sense of, like, I heard someone describe it as being in the ruts. Like, like you know what's going on. You've got control over your space, and you got a handle on the things that you're doing, and, you, and you're like, yeah, I'm good. I know. I, I'm, I'm comfortable. I know what's going I know what I'm doing here. Yeah. yeah. We had mentioned last time that money is a tool, I hadn't really gone the obvious next step, but if money is a tool, for most of us, the next question should be, well, what are you building? Sure. And for some, what you're building is a big stack of money. You want to be Scrooge McDuck in the, the money pit swimming around. Is, is the <laughs> in best the possible worst, world. <laughs> most solid money swimming pool that the world has ever known. <laughs> swimming in gold coins. Come on. Money as a tool means... What it mean? It can, it and I. I think for me, if someone were to say, "What would you do with X amount of money?" I'm not exactly sure. I would know. Sure. If you were handed ten million dollars, what do you do with this? Say, well, probably need to think about that. Right. The, well, and I, I think we we talked a lot last time about you know, like in the last episode, the series on money and and stress that like. Our, our primary motivator in our intelligence center, this, this seems like this is the thing that we're all aiming at. Money is a tool for control, attention, or security. Yeah. Like for, for some people, the, the, the vault of gold coins is their security. For some people, it's, it's about making sure that they have control of their space and, and, and the space around them. And for some people, it's about fostering relationships. And like it's it's always a tool toward that main motivation. Yep, that was the thing that was really coming out of my mind and heart after we spoke was that money, in some ways, if you've been thoughtful, will unveil what you think your purpose is. Yeah. You know how you're connecting with the world and what you really want to to build. So you know. I'm sure we've said this in the past, but taking the time to really write down what is it that I want? What do I want most? This is an, an essential question for us, and obviously Angram's all about motive and what we want. But getting some of the details down on that, it seems, I bet you if you wrote down what do I want most, I bet you it's the case that you would then see, well, money is just a tool to get that. It's not the only thing required to get that, but it's one of the things necessary. Yeah, especially in a world that's that's fueled by, by money. Yep. Yeah, I want to be a doctor. It's going to cost a little bit to get there. 
Right. Uh, I want I want to quit my job and move down south. It's going to cost a little bit to get right. there. All those sorts of things. If what you really wanted is, is a sandwich, you either have to pay someone <laughs> to make you a sandwich or you have to buy the ingredients to make a sandwich yourself. Like That's just a reality. Consistently think that's a great exercise. I need to, I, oftentimes New Year's rolls around and I say, what did I accomplish last year? I think I need to put this down as it, it's worth really writing down what is it you want most? Yeah. Getting that solidified in my mind. Thinking repressed person that I am. <laughs> I have a hard time rem- reminding myself what it's all about. Uh, lastly, we had talked about seasons of lack are often places of stress. Yeah. last time and it seems to me seasons of plenty if we are fortunate enough to have those seem to be characterized by some sort of security and yeah. so the we're talking about seasons of plenty in in part here and i don't know that security always requires plenty but it can be one of the roads that get you there yeah yeah absolutely i i think that that seasons of plenty can produce healthy and unhealthy security and healthy security does not require money. Sort of like a square and rectangle situation a little bit. Yep. I think we'll do more work on the arrows in the future. I think there's a variety of ways to get to your security number. And some of them are healthy and some of them are luck and some of them are, you know, come out of a lot of hard work and habit. Mm -hmm. This one in terms of money it feels like it could be a combination of a few. You know, you could have a windfall, as it were, and just stumble into security. Right. Some people work their whole life to get to a spot where they're feeling a little bit more financially set. There's going to be a huge spectrum here, I bet. Anyway, well, speaking of security, Enneagram-wise, how would you define security? So uh, when you look at the Enneagram symbol, you see a circle and a bunch of lines in the middle of it, and... uh, the the lines indicate movement like all all the enneagram itself is super dynamic and and the lines from your type one goes uh toward a stress number and one goes toward a security number and this is a lot of people just will use the words health and unhealth or integration and disintegration and like there's there's a lot of terms around around this and the ones that we use are stress and security and um, when you move toward your stress number, you pick up some of the behavior there and, and that helps you sort of survive that stress place to get back to your center. And when you move toward your security number, when you feel like you, you know what's going on, you pick up some of the behavior there and before you move back to your, to your main type. And, and like your motivation never changes, but the thing that you, the things that you can pick up there, you can get healthy and unhealthy aspects. You can go to the low side and get terrible things. And we think this is actually where villainy lives. Uh, this is one of the darkest places on the Enneagram is when you move to security and unhealth. And uh, when you move to security in really healthy ways, you pick up some great things that, that help you be a better person, a better, more expansive and generous and and giving and selfless and blah 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 so one of the things that routinely hits me with both the arrows is that a primary thing we pick up behavior wise is the stance of our stress number or our security number so myself i'm a one i earn i'm reactive in my stance but when i go to security i become much more aggressive Mm. and asserting at seven 
And in my experience, uh, you can see this. I've, I've talked to a handful of folks about this, but imagine what you do on vacation and how you come to the world. And oftentimes in vacation, uh, when you're kind of stress-free, you've moved into security, notice your behavior. We have some, some friends, it's a one and a two who are married. The one, when on vacation, like myself, becomes a lot more aggressive. The two moves to four in security and just wants to withdraw and watch TV shows all day long, no matter where they are in the world. <laughs> you, yeah. you know, And that. noting that that's, that's one of the places that you can understand, am I in security? You can look at how you're getting what you want and it can kind of communicate that. Sure. So, Bang, you had mentioned this earlier, and I think it's worth noting, the... The overlap with security and money really comes out of the motive and the aim of, of each of the types. Each type aims at either control, security, or attention. I suppose I should use a different word there for security. What's another thing that head types are aiming at? So you don't safety and overlap. security. Yeah. Safety. Sense of safety. Is that right? Sure. Yeah. Um, where each eights, nines, and ones are aiming at control or autonomy. Five, six, sevens are aiming at being safe and secure. Two, threes, fours are aiming at the relational parts of their life, the attention that they get from others. And money can be a tool. It can be a tool to gain these things, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, I, I think it also needs to be said that um, in the midst of a, a lot of this conversation, like... I, I think it it can get really tricky when you're talking about money insecurity because I think that f for most types and just sort of like people in general, we stop thinking about money a lot when we have it. Like it, like you, most of us, it as we become more sort of financially stable, our worries about money go away. And, and so our, our focus on money as a tool becomes less prominent, you might say, in, mm -hmm. our, in our behavior. So I'll be curious how that plays out. I'm trying to think of my own experience. I don't, I don't know that that overlaps with how I think about money and security. But maybe we can talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, I got Preston's die. We'll roll the die this time and just see where we're at. Starting with the twos. Starting with two. By the way, great. the only comment I got uh, online about doing money was from a two who said, oh, hell. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I was so excited for you guys to come back. You're talking about money. Talking about money. So this, by the way, I think says a lot about the heart of some twos. That this may not be. <laughs> and we mentioned this with, with stress, that this might not be the wheelhouse for a lot of twos. And that would make sense. Yep. You want to talk about twos going to security and we can slip money into there? Yeah. Uh, so twos, starting off the heart triad, the relationship space, uh, twos move to four in security. So when twos are like in the groove, when they're in, in, in space where they feel like they, they know what's going on, they have people around them who love them and, and they know what's theirs and uh, they can go to four and pick up some of the um, introspection that's available at four, some of the, uh, a little bit more of the self-focus in, uh, in ways that, that give them the opportunity to, to stop 
defining who they are based on what other people expect from them and, and start defining who they are based on who they actually are on mm-hmm. the inside. And, um, and uh, like we said, this can be, this can be healthy or unhealthy. There's, there's good and bad sides to both of those, uh, to, to that aspect of, of this move. A couple of things that just, I mean, I, I have stories going through my head now of twos and security, and I can think through how the, the money materializes. One big thing that I see with some of the twos in my life is when they're in security, and this might just be my circles, a lot of them get tattoos. Mm, and tattoos can be expensive, should be expensive. You should pay for your tattoos, yeah, kids. Absolutely. Don't, don't, yeah. don't go for the budget tattoo. Yeah. That's a very introspective act. It's a, mm. This is about me, and I'm going to do this thing that uh, unveils my identity. And I know exactly how that works because I get tattoos when I'm in stress. Mm. So if you yeah. if you were to meet me, I got tattoos all over. <laughs> and all of them come out of these seasons where things were not going well. Yeah, and that was that was apparently something that I did. And uh, there's I'm sure there's countless ways that to experience security, but that would be one in terms of. I'm feeling secure. I'm feeling good. I got this extra cash and I'm getting more in tune with myself and perhaps even spending money on elevating my uniqueness and quality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I also think that, that two like that move to four moves money out of the, like, like, uh, uh, we, we, when we talk about twos, we talk about the, the give to get the, the, um, storing up favors like i'll do this for you so that you'll do something for me in the future mm-hmm. and i think that um when when f- twos move to four one of the things that they can pick up is is that that everyone is sort of deserving equally and and people need not earn my assistance any longer like it, it, mm-hmm. it's almost like letting go of of the need to be repaid and I, I think that comes from, in part, uh, uh, the ability to introspect, but also that, in general, just moving away from that earning posture, is that, that this is not something that, that needs to have strings attached anymore. Yep. We have said this about ones. I hadn't thought about it for twos. For myself as a one, oftentimes, in order to feel secure, I need to leave my city. Mm. It's, I can't be at my house because there's always something to improve. I can't be at my business. There's always something to improve. There's relationships in town. And I like just feeling rested often means I need to g- get away. And sure. I imagine that twos, perhaps sixes, uh, may have that same security, may mean distance mm. from those that you can help. I would be interested to talk to twos about that because my my gut actually says the opposite for twos um and and even potentially for sixes but for totally different reasons but but if a two goes on vacation now there's a whole new set of people that need to know that i am helpful and oh sure yeah can't escape relationships (laughs) yeah yeah that just doesn't go away unless your vacation is is a secluded cabin in the middle of the woods isolation yeah i suppose there there you go and maybe yeah i suppose for heart types in general Seclusion can be just a great step for for building uh, rebuilding your insides. Sure, but I don't know if that would be a security place. I think that would be a challenge. Yeah, it's re- it's it's restoration. Yeah, as opposed to enjoyment. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I suppose I mentioned the person earlier, but our friend who goes on vacation and just wants to stay in the hotel room and watch shows that she loves. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about like her energy now is I'm going to serve my, myself in this space because yeah. there's nobody else to help. Sure. Am I wrong there? No, I think that's totally reasonable. Um, I want to talk about, so we have done a ton of work on this next topic. So I hate to just keep banging the drum for it, but it's also one of the things that really needs to be said most in Enneagram circles. And that is, uh, the lowest side, the darkest side of your type comes out in security. When you have power, when you have power, you can use it for good or for ill. And many people use it for ill and money is just power. I have, I have the ability, um, if, if I went down to Denver tonight with $10,000 in my pocket, I could go into the nicest restaurant in the city, throw up on a table, and I would have people very well clad and dressed come out, clean me up, and, and you know, I mean, that that's power. Right. Um, money can, 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 you can do all sorts of stuff if, you're, if you're, also, your pockets are full. Not going to lie. That's a super weird illustration, man. <laughs> <laughs> And Have you thought you, about that before? Like walking I, I, into a restaurant, just throwing <laughs> up on the table. <laughs> I suppose in my mind, I'm I'm having a nice dinner, and then I choke on a chicken bone, and yeah. Oh, sure. And, There's a reason to throw up. I I just yeah. imagine you like like. Like in a space of like really unhealthy, like, you know what? I have $10,000. I'm going to go throw up at this nice restaurant and they have to clean it up, suckas. <laughs> I have used that illustration way too many times in philosophy classes. And I probably say it, said it too quickly because oh, of that. Sure. I'm just so yeah. familiar with the idea in my head. But <laughs> that, I mean, that's just it. You can, it, uh, money gives you power. Yeah. And it doesn't always get you what you want, but it can get you a lot of stuff. And some of it, it shows how, I mean, to double down on, on what you were saying, like that is how grotesque things can be. It's a grotesque right. picture because we actually know that if it, it would be true, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, in our, we did a whole villain series, uh, which we're probably going to reference a handful of times throughout this episode, but our 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 big example for uh, a two moving into secure four space and becoming a villain was syndrome from in the Incredibles and like he he's just a kid when we meet him and he becomes a villain and like as a villain he amasses a tremendous amount of wealth in order to enact his plan and like he spends it on himself to like the the work that he's doing is trying to make everyone else the same. Yep. One of the only things I wanted to say when we got to this point was that we are going to struggle with the sin of our security number. Mm. Um, when, when we're in security and we go to the dark side, the low side, we're going to struggle with the sin of our security number. Mm, and true. we started with two and I was like, I have no idea how envy materializes. And then you brought up syndrome and I'm yeah. like, Oh, there yeah. it is. Uh, yeah. That's a perfect picture of that. Uh, how does how does envy at the low side affect twos who are secure? Before I actually answer that, I want to I want to preface that that my answer I think is I I think this will work for all of the types, but I guess we'll see if we get to this specific subject for all of the types. I because I I think 
the reality is that that we're talking a little bit about like like when you're talking about the sin of the security type in unhealth you're you're actually talking about a Reese's peanut butter cup because like you have chocolate and you have peanut butter and there there are things in the world where chocolate and peanut butter are combined and it's great but then the Reese's peanut butter cup is like the pinnacle of that combination so applying that metaphor to this when we're talking about the sin of each type of of your your main type and your security type we're talking about a, a Reese's peanut butter cup so using specifically talking about twos twos struggle with pride that's their their main sort of sin vice passion and when they are unhealthy but move to security they pick up some envy and when you combine pride and envy together you increase the power of both and they they learn to feed off of each other and so in security and especially in unhealth pride and envy become this thing that where where you see yourself outside of everyone else but better than them and and like it becomes this weird like like you want what everyone else has but you also see yourself more important than everyone else and like like it becomes this like that that's part of the unhealth is it like it it it's this juxtaposition that makes people crazy that's why it's villainy that's why it's like syndrome isn't a normal person he's unhinged and and his pride plus the space of envy of security makes him into this like he he almost destroys a whole city and he kills a bunch of people because of the way that pride and envy are interacting together yeah you would think those would be opposite in some ways and they're totally not he right. is he gains value for himself by saying these are all the things that i've done for the most powerful people in the world i've created weapons that give them power and that means i'm actually the most powerful but his the engine behind all that comes out of a deep envy for bob parr for you know for all these other supers yeah right he wasn't right. he wasn't good enough to be included in their crew so he made himself good enough and separated himself out and yeah I'm so glad that you put that together. I had that same intuition that there's something about the the mixture of the two sins, the yep. sin of your type and the sin of your security number, and that there's yeah, there's there's a loop there or or a reinforcing power mm-hmm. between the two. Absolutely. Um, of all things I threw that away because I couldn't make sense of it with ones. And as you were talking, I was like, well, maybe there's something here. We'll have to talk about that. Um Oh, there is. We'll get that. <laughs> I'm just oblivious to it. This is <laughs> that's why I'm so unhealthy. Um, the yeah. Anything else about twos? So I suppose what's a what's a healthy version of twos insecurity? You know, with money. I think I was trying to lean more on that when we started uh, talking about twos with when insecurity, but but I, I think it really does come to like an ability to draw more appropriate boundaries and and understanding like. Uh, Suzanne Stabile talks about like what is mine to do. That's the thing that that's like one of her mantras in life, and and the the security of four 
the introspection that's available there uh, g- gives a, 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 a s- gives better space for figuring out the answer to what is mine to do and what is mine to spend money on, but also not needing to attach myself to the outcome of that expenditure. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Like for twos, that question is both inviting you into your secure space because it's getting you more introspective. Mm-hmm. It also is elevating your repressed center. It's inviting you to think hard yep. about yourself. Yep. That's a that's that's tricksy right there. Like yeah. I'm jump into security here. Yeah. That's good. Uh threes. Uh what do threes do in security? Threes, uh threes living at the center of that heart triad are focused on uh, wanting to appear successful, wanting to, to be praiseworthy. And, and uh, when they find themselves in their rut, when they think they know what's going on and they're, they're doing the work they need to do, they can move to six and pick up some, a, a little bit more ability to focus on the group. Uh, a little bit more like threes do not plan for failure. They don't plan for failure. They plan for success. And six, the space at six helps them balance that out a little bit. Not necessarily planning for failure, but at least being aware that the possibility of failure is out there mm-hmm. and having the ability to think more clearly about how my behavior affects other people and uh, what what the group needs to be successful, not just what's good for me to look successful. Yep. You'll notice all the stance language there. They become earners yep. there in security. Yeah, totally. For both twos, threes, and fours, money is about the relationships, yeah? It's about, there's the, we talked about this in our last set of podcasts, but there is an attention side to this. And if the three feels like they have the attention they desire, that where's is there an overlap there with money? I'm trying to put my finger on that. Um, I have a full bank account and therefore I can imagine a three who's very lonely but has a full bank account. That wouldn't be a place of security. Hmm. Or not getting the attention they, they crave. I suppose I could also see a three being able to boast about their wealth. And that's actually feeding their motive. Well, I think I, I think in potentially in health and unhealth, like security that they begin like when threes are secure, I think they start to see money as like move it in the direction of being like viewing it as just a tool because I think that threes are the type that are, are most likely to identify themselves with their wealth mm-hmm. uh, because we, like we talk about threes wanting to appear successful and, and for so much of at least Western culture, having money is what success means Mm-hmm. And and being able to show off how much money you have is this is this is successful. And so, like we talked about this a lot when we talked about threes and stress, is it, like the appearance of success can often be about appearing like you have wealth, and and you can do that in ways that are true and ways that are very untrue, and and it's almost like I they start to identify themselves with the appearance of wealth. And so as threes become more and more secure, 
that need to identify with their wealth is I, I think it, it, it becomes smaller. I think that, that money, they start to see money as more of a tool than identity. And so that move in security to the six, like that, like now what is this tool for? And it's, it's for building up the group. It's for planning for failure. It's for these other things, as opposed to needing to use money to show off who I am. And I think another aspect of threes and security is that that it's it's easier to see that wise spending, that that appropriate fiscal responsibility, that also is success. Yeah, that was where I wanted to go. I th- this is gonna be a strange illustration. There's a famous boxer named Floyd Mayweather, um, arguably the greatest boxer ever. He his nickname is Moneymaker. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, the image that he casts is very much about wealth. He'll take pictures of large stacks on his living room floor that just go, fill the whole space. That, and it's just this obscene. He'll, he'll make upwards of $100 million for one fight. True. The thing about him, and I've been thinking about this a lot with athletes and how their motive exempl- uh, comes out in their type. He's a very defensive boxer. He's not actually when when in a ring. He's not flashy in terms of the the way you might think a three my box with a lot of style, a lot of flash. Very defensive. It's like it, it's it's. I don't want to get hit. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be seen as having been hit, as having been unsuccessful. As it, I suppose to bring in the language, and I have the sense that there's the the I have a lot of wealth is that is part of the image casting. But motive-wise, I get the sense that for threes, there really is a defensive posture with money. Mm. It's, well, I don't ever want to fail and be seen as a failure here. That would be, like, losing is far worse than winning is good, you know? Sure. Um, I get the sense that, and so if I'm in security as a three, I can move into six space, and then I don't have to be as defensive, yeah. And, it, and I open up to sixness. I open yeah. up to the needs of others. Sure. And seeing others. And I think that's the posture. Yeah. I like that. I can see uh, threes being incredibly generous at that point because they feel financially secure. Then they can begin to, you know, to lavish in, in that attention-seeking way that, that may come out of a, out of a three. Sure. Let's talk about the sins then. This is a tricky one I, as I as I just kind of have it rolling in my head. So doubt, specifically self-doubt yeah. would be, well, I guess that doesn't have to be the case, does it? Not necessarily. Doubt would be the the sin for sixes and deceit for threes. Uh, how do you see those working together? So uh, I think that when threes are really unhealthy, Doubt and deceit become like it, it's almost like worm tongue whispering in the ear of King Theoden. Like it, it becomes this this voice in the back of the head that like because of doubt you become more deceitful, and because of the deceit you become more doubtful. And sure. I I think that threes as like like villainous threes threes uh, like in really unhealthy spaces they become more and more 
tied to the identity that they're presenting as opposed to paying attention to the actual person on the inside. And they become more and more distrustful of the person on the inside and also on everyone else that's supposed to be supporting them. Yeah, the doubt fuels their deceit. And so the deceit becomes like you have to work harder and harder to present an image. And that's in part because you are more and more distrustful of what everyone is is doing and what they might think about the person on the inside, which makes you work harder to put out the image. And mm. you're less truthful with the people that you're supposed to be supporting and whatnot. Like we used Hans Gruber as our example and, and Han, like he's, I, th- I think he's a great example of a villainous three in the sense that like, he's not sharing his whole plan with everyone around him. Oh, there you go. Like he's sure. compartmentalizing it and like he he is he has built himself up as this really successful thief and like this is the image that he's presenting of of like class and and like bringing everyone together and it's like like he's he only has these people around him in order to do a job, but he still treats them like their family. Mm-hmm. And, and like, none of that's true. He only cares about them for the work that they're doing for him to make sure that he gets this money. Yeah. I like that. I think that works great. So on the flip side, what's a healthy three in security look like? I mean, I think it's, it's someone who recognizes that they have value and they don't need to, present a face and and that whatever money that they might have is like it's a function to do good to like it it has a purpose in the world and it doesn't necessarily have to do with their own appearance like there's other there's other things that are more important planning for the future is more important than your own appearance uh, supporting the the people around you is more important than your own appearance. The success of the group, the success of the group is more important than your appearance or how much money you have when you die, period. Yeah. I suppose on that front, uh, the three in security can enter spaces where I, I would imagine they're more open to an authentic, uh, more authentic relationships in that, in those mm-hmm. secure spaces. Um, and, and building those relationships based on mutual trust and respect and yeah. like that, the fidelity opportunity there. Right. right Whereas right. so much of threes building relationships in, in unhealthy, in, in average to unhealthy ways has to do with false appearances. Yeah. Something about being present there as well, mm-hmm. I think is real. It's like threes being present, that looks like a, that can really occur well in secure space. Fours. Uh, what's the move for fours in moving into security? Fours being, fours are the ones in the relationship triad that uh, focus a little bit more on themselves. Like they, they think about what others think about them in terms of, how does that how does that define me and and are do others think this way about the real me or about some 
falsified version. And they're they're very focused. They're very interested in authenticity and and beauty and and their own uniqueness being present and important and and the move to security uh they they move to one and they pick up some some of the ones uh need to plan and order things and like there there's so much about fours that that can't see like this thing is more important than this other thing because this other thing has to have importance too right and and when they move to one, they can actually see a little bit more order. They can see that like this thing is important for a reason, and this thing is less important than for a reason. And that doesn't that doesn't mean it doesn't have any value. It just like it it's okay to recognize that that there is an order sometimes, and the like knowing what to do and when to do it, and and coming out of this self focus and and giving a little bit more opportunity for focusing on what needs to be done and, and how to draw, like not everything is perfect as is. Lots of things are beautiful as is, but some things need to be fixed and they can pick that up at one. Yeah. Also move into the present there and yeah. uh, move into an earner's status. Uh, Fours that'll naturally be withdrawn and living in the past can get a lot more present right. in security. Start uh, earning what they desire from from those around them. The low side here, uh, this one makes a lot of sense to me in terms of the envy of a four paired with kind of the self criticism of a one. Mm-hmm. That's a that's an engine. Yeah, and even thinking about uh not just self-criticism but but the the anger that comes along with self-criticism yep like that that's that's the listed uh sin for for ones and like when when you pair envy and anger together you you get it's a match for a keg of gunpowder yeah it's I mean, I suppose I didn't even say it. The the sin is wrath. So I mean, right. to, uh, go ahead and shift that into fourth gear in terms of mm-hmm. self self hatred paired with envy, and that's just a that's a downward spiral. Right. How does that and an look outward in... spiral too? Yeah, talk about like that. The, like I think that that uh, we talked about Salieri in our villain yep. series. Uh, the 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 bad guy in Amadeus, the the person who looked at Amadeus and said, I can never be as talented as he is without even trying. And now I want to destroy his life. Yep. I want to turn that envy into a force of destruction and kill him for being better than me. (laughs) Salieri, who comes from a middle-class home finds himself in the seat of power and wealth. Yep. And it's because actually he's in that space that he has such grand ambitions for himself. Right. If he was following his dad into just being a merchant, he might really dig Mozart's music and say, this this is extraordinary. But the fact that he has this position, that opens that door to to a different kind of envy. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think even... um, because of what envy is and and how it sees that some like I am missing something and everyone else has something that I'm missing combined with this black and whiteness 
wrath available at one. Salieri is not only angry, it's not only anger outwards, but it also is a very specifically directed anger at Mozart and at God. Yeah. It, it, yep, yep. Like it, it, it changes that envy into how dare you give him something that you didn't give to me. Yep. And, and yeah, it becomes super self-righteous. And self-hating. Yeah. The, At like the, the same movie, time. Yeah. Movie ends with him calling himself like the saint of, you know, all the, the mediocrities. Yeah. By the way, if you haven't seen Amadeus since our, our podcast, I don't know what you're doing with your life. You, like, <laughs> this, you, you, <laughs> you've had a year. You've had so much time to watch one of the best <laughs> things ever created. Uh, one last thing on two series fours. I'm, I'm going through our villains list in my head. Yeah. None of the other villains from the head triad or the body triad really are wealthy. But the two, mm. three, and the four for us pr- are doing quite well. Oh, if yeah, you assume sure. that Hans Gruber has some money now, it's uh, I don't I don't uh, know what that is. says. Yeah, and I wanted to bring up the nine as a uh, well. That yeah, might just be. I have things to say. We'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I thought that was interesting. Uh, high side of security for fours. I mean, there's. Like when when fours are in their space, they know what they're doing, and they feel like they're like expressing themselves appropriately, and 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 they got it going on. You know, they 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 get to pick up a focus on what is the thing, what things need to be done, and what what do I what do I get to do to make the world better? What how how can I draw the world farther into this? this idealistic, like beautiful vision. How, how do I show other people how beautiful I see the world? And sometimes that means like fixing some things and getting some work done. And I, I, I feel like this sort of unstated thing with a lot of ones is like, okay, fine, I'll do it if I have to. And like, like fours get, they get to do it. They get to be the ones to do the work. Yep. Yeah. I suppose we haven't mentioned the list, but the same list of virtues and holy ideas really apply at the high sure. side of your security number. So for for ones, the holy idea is holy order. So mm-hmm. as you were saying, like there's this grand tapestry you can push into, and if you do, you can find serenity. Right. What a great what a great gift and target for the heart of a four. Right. Uh, and and specifically thinking about money and security is like. Like I, I mentioned in the episode about stress that that um, almost every four I know is is sort of bad with their money, and it, it's because they're not focused on like they don't want to let their money define them because that money has no value. Money is not a thing that is beautiful. It's a tool. It's it's a secondary thing that gets us to the things that are beautiful. And yeah. and in the one space. Money has its place in our universe, and and there are there is a right way and a wrong way to think about how to use finances. I floated this to a woman that I have a business with, uh, and now she is a single mom whose uh, child is autistic, and she paused on this in terms of whether or not she cared about money, 
and mm-hmm. I I think for her it, it was a it was it was just it was helpful for me to just see, see this kind of wash over. Like I think she really wants to do things that are significant, but yeah. she's also suffered financially, and yeah. so there was that kind of element was part of her interpretation of the you know the theory that I'm you know spit, spitting out, and sure. she, she wasn't as quick to to say, oh yeah, that's true, yeah. Uh, I I should I should definitely say that um, my characterization of Fors being bad with money does not necessarily I, it's an oversimplification of the bigger idea that I don't think Fors look at money the same way that other people do, yeah. and so yeah they they don't see they don't identify themselves with their money. Money right. is a tool, right? And I could. Yeah. I could see somebody like a Howard Hughes, he's a very wealthy person, but he's just blowing money on these ideal yes. visions of, yep. of airplanes. Yep. Or I don't know if you know anything about Frank Lloyd Wright, but he strikes me as that sort of person. Sure. You know, in a creates a, a circular building in the middle of New York that's just white. You know, it mm-hmm. just stands out as incredibly <laughs> unique among all these other towering uh, rectangular shapes but he he also made a ton of money but just blew a lot of money on right. the ideal vision right right and that that strikes me as the heart of a secure form with finances sure. might look like that sure pulled that out of nowhere um <laughs> fives do fives get saddled with the, the idea of being the the money type too often I mean, they're, it's all, it's our fault. The greed type. (laughs) Uh, What's, what's uh, the move from five to eight look like? So fives start the safety and security triad. Uh, There's the, they're, they're fearful about the future and want to make sure that they're prepared and, and, and in safe spaces and, they want to make sure they have enough resources that they've, they've harnessed enough collected enough whatever to make sure that they're prepared for for whatever and the, and this includes money this includes uh, knowledge this includes the tools for whatever it is they're studying it, it includes their energy and their their emotional resources and when they move to eight when fives are in the groove they start to step outside of their ivory tower they start to venture out of what of this sort of safe space of like i i am going to wait to do to to act until i am fully sure that i understand what i'm acting on and they they move into a space of of not only action but also potentially leadership of saying okay i have all of the i i know exactly what to do and i will lead us out I, I will take charge of the situation because I'm actually the one that's most qualified to do so. And, and so like that, that movement is, it's an aggressive move and it's also uh, not just generous, but it's, it's a, like the, I, I, I like the term magnanimous in this move, um, mm-hmm. whether, whether it's healthy or not, it's, it's, I will be the one to take over this situation because I know exactly what to do here. Mm-hmm. The five is becoming more active. They're engaging the body triad and even using future tools in those spaces. 
Yeah. Uh, five normally are using the past tools and now getting engaged in their, their body, acting on knowledge, moves them into the future. Right. Low side. Combination here is interesting. It's greed and lust. Mm -hmm. uh, greed for the fives and lust is the sin of the eights. How do you see those materializing at the low side of... Uh, um, I think when you start to really think about it, they can almost be the same thing when they're pointed in the same direction. Uh, uh it's, it's yeah. a, it's a desire, like that desire, the, the five space of, of greed of collecting. It, it's not consumption. It's, it's, I, I want to take and keep, I want to have yeah. the things that I want. And you combine lust with that, and it 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 makes those desires more carnal, and and a little bit less. I I want to say intentional. Like there there's a like I feel like f when when fives are are sort of actively practicing their greed. Like there's a there's an intention about it. There's a like I I am working to save up this money. I am working to to make sure that I fully, like I have all of the knowledge on this subject. Like it, it's, um, they may have gotten onto the subject in an accidental way, but now they're going as far down the rabbit hole as they possibly can. Mm -hmm. And and when you bring lust into that, it becomes a little bit less focused, a little bit less intentional. There's, um, and and a little bit more sort of, um, like, like I keep using the word carnal, but it's it, it's like drawing in things that that might be viewed as inappropriate without the move to security. Like a, a yeah a, a five that's unsecure. They're going to collect the things that they need, and when you get into lust, it's going to be a little bit more about collecting the things that they want. Yeah, and that might that not be good things for them, and that's okay. <laughs> Speaking of Hannibal Lecter on this front. Yeah. What, so when we did our dive into Villainous Fives, we elevated Hannibal Lecter and Anton Chigurh from uh, No Country for Old Men. Mm -hmm. These are two, essentially, like, they're serial killers. Right. And they collect... One of the big, actually, lines in, in Silence of the Lambs is about how serial killers collect trophies. Mm -hmm. um, you see this in Dexter. I bet you Dexter's a five also in terms of his posture in the world. Right. And it's I, I, I have the collection, but when it tips into security and eightness, it, it, the voraciousness, the, the carnal voraciousness comes out. And in Lecter, it's, I'm going to eat this person. Right. Very physical. Right. Well, and even I, I, I would even go farther and say that, like with Lecter, he wants to consume the person. Mm -hmm. It's not even necessarily eat the like yeah. physically eat them, but he also wants to know everything about them, and and then to physically eat them. Yep. He wants to have all of them, and and part of that satisfies the mind, and part of it satisfies that that carnal desire for their flesh. Yeah. So. Come on. Interestingly, then, on the high side, for fives going to eight, the target is something that would be, I assume, natural for fives. It's truth. The holy idea for eights is truth. And the virtue that comes out of that is innocence. I don't know if, like, you were talking about consuming 
people. But to go back to Silence of the Lambs, there is something about Lecter's relationship with Clarice mm-hmm. where she's he's gaining all of the the information. But he gets a chance to be a real professional, a psychiatrist, again, as it were, in that relationship. And I, I think there's something that's worth noting here. There is an innocence to that relationship. Um, I think you could watch watch the movie in that that way. And that that may be you know, his best self, as good as that <laughs> character could be. <laughs> you know well, but I actually want to push back on that a little bit because I don't think he, he's embracing truth in that space. In asking her about her past? Correct. Because it's, it's not about her truth. It's like he is trying to understand the puzzle, but it's not about... What, while he exhibits a tremendous amount of of depth and perception and and understanding about her as a person, I I think that he's he's missing something foundational in in how like it's one thing to to understand the human psyche i think so like like freud i think is a great example freud knew people and he described and laid out some some theories about about how the psyche works that that is that moved the thought, the the school of psychology so far like it it did so much good and it like it it changed how we understand people forever and and there's there's so much that came out of his vision his understanding of how human beings work but it's also entirely wrapped up in his own psyche okay sure and and so so like lecter is missing something foundational about human beings because he's a psychopath like he he doesn't have empathy. He doesn't have the ability to understand true feelings. That his relationship with Clarice is not about understanding her. It's about manipulating her. I think uh, just to circle back, like we we're stumbling into a lot of this, and this is just an offhand. <laughs> that the last conversation they have, where she talks about the lambs, I feel like he gets into it and he begins understanding her, seeing her. If you only. You know, he says something to the extent of, you think if you can save Catherine, then, you know, you'll be free from all all of this. And she says, I don't know, but he knows that he hit something. But it was it's like satisfying to him. And he mm-hmm. says, thank you. Yeah. Um, but I think that's I, I think it's about him proving to himself what he already thinks. And okay. I think she is a more like she she's more interesting than that she has more going on for her than that and and i i don't remember the sequels well enough to to answer this but like like the movement forward past that story like there there's going to be a point at which he makes decisions based on how he thinks she's going to act and she's going to do something different because he's not trying sure. to actually know her he's trying to find out if his thoughts about her are correct or not just because it proves my point i'm just gonna say no innocent he was going for innocence (laughs) (laughs) 
if if it were the case that he was a good guy, um, perhaps it's the case that the knowledge would be um, targeting something. Yes, the truth and innocence would would pair yeah. together in that. Yeah, one. I think that would work. I th- I think in this in the space of security and on health, it's there's there's too much about what taking control for the sake of how I see things. And truth comes in and says, I will offer my expertise because it's what I have to offer. Yeah. Yeah. Bang. Sixes. What's the move uh, for six look like going to security? So six is in the center of this safety and security place. Uh, uh, we already mentioned them with uh, struggling with doubt, and they they uh, really want to know that they are surrounded by uh, people, systems, um, uh, safe spaces. They they want to know that they are going to be taken care of, and that that they can trust the things that are around them and and the people that are around them, and they. Uh, because they fundamentally don't trust themselves, they often sort of outsource their um, like knowing what is is right and wrong and and good and whatever else they they sort of outsource that to some other system of hierarchy. It's sort of like just just draw the fence for me so that I know how to stay in the fence. I need to know where it is so that this is the space where I will be safe. Um, and when they move into security, they move to a nine space. Uh, pick up some of that, like, like, hey, it's gonna be all right. Uh, that's that's something that me and my sick spouse talk about all the time. And uh, don't worry about it; it's gonna be fine. Uh, and and uh, sort of a, a letting go of the need to do something to make sure that you're safe. Uh, a a ability, an ability to relax a little bit more, and, and sort of seek out that calm, uh, and also an attachment to the past, which sixes, I think, actively reject their past. And and in the nine space, they can say, oh, yeah, this is how things have gone in the past, and it might work out that way in the future, and it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, again, I'm hearing stance all over those sorts of language. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The move from the present tools to past tools at nine and uh yeah getting a chance to withdraw not not feeling like you have to earn 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 the security right you can take a step back there yep low side for sixes is going to be characterized then by the sins of sloth and doubt how does that work in the the life of a six going low in security I think that um, we actually see this play out a little bit more in unhealthy and and even even average sixes without it necessarily being security, uh, because I think that 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 doubt combined with their own thinking repression, uh, like they like sixes struggle to think productively, and they they sort of spin out a lot of times about what what might go wrong and following these rabbit trails down dark paths of, of planning for futures that'll never happen. And, and when, when you combine sloth with that, you get a stuckedness, you get an inability to move because everything might go wrong. 
Yep. And if everything is going to go wrong, then why even try? And if you're not trying, then everything's going to go wrong. And if everything's going to go wrong, then you want to try less. And when you're trying less, things are going to go more wrong. Everything's going to break because I'm not I'm not working hard enough. And yeah. yeah. Trying to bring back a villain into this. I'm not sure how to, to think about Tyler Durden on this front. By the way, when you listen to the Tyler Durden podcast, one of the real mistakes we made was just not saying, you know what? Brad Pitt is Brad Pitt. And Ed Norton is Tyler Durden. We should have mm. just... We should have just said that, <laughs> and it would have clarified a lot of our language. It's hard See, to talk about that movie. That's why I wanted the, to call him Jack. The the movie that shall not be named. But he's not Jack. <laughs> he's Tyler Durden. <laughs> there is the doubt, the inaction, I suppose is, is there in terms of not actually being able to overcome your your inner id. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I yes, but I would also say that, that when we talk about sloth, particularly when it comes to nine, it's, it 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 may be more important to talk about the uh, lack of care rather than lack of do. Okay, mm, yeah, it, because it, like, and especially thinking about about Tyler Durden, it it's not that he's not doing things; it's that he stops caring about anything. Right. He moves into a place where nothing matters. Yeah. 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 That's, I suppose, symbolized by his house and I suppose his violent nature. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All the things. Yeah. Opposite of that, high side for nines is uh, holy love is the holy idea and action is the virtue. Those go together real clean. Uh, You got thoughts on. Yeah. caring, Caring about, like, figuring out what's important and what's, what, there's work that needs to be done and 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 knowing what's the right work to do and and getting that work done and and also knowing what's important and what's not mm-hmm. like like this this is a place where uh, it, especially especially combining it with love because I think that that this aspect of love has a lot to do with self-love for sixes it's yep, like like you need to care about yourself yep as much as you care about taking care of other people or or whatnot like like you need to value yourself and when you value yourself then it's actually a lot easier to know that this is a place where i am doing more than i need to where i am i am so concerned about what needs to be done that i'm not focused on what I need to do and, and, and giving yourself the ability to not be as concerned about stuff. That's not yours to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Action is the important thing there. It's, it's not just action because sixes are good at action. They're good at doing at picking up the slack of everyone else. And sometimes, sometimes in order to value yourself, you can't pick up someone else's slack. Oh, that's good. That's good word bang sevens what's the move to five look like for sevens so um sevens being the end of that safety and security triad they're they're spending their energy on opportunity and on on the next thing and 
and uh, they are sort of running away from pain, but but more importantly, they're running away from uh, being stuck. They're running away from from not having the ability to go do the thing, the next thing that they want to do. They 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 life is life is a sampler platter, and you should be able to go try all the things. And and they want to be able to do all the things and try all the things and climb all those mountains and 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 find and say yes to whatever they want to say yes to and and when when they really feel like they're they they know what's going on they're in that space they are able to pick up some of the focus some of the um singular like it, it it's like like we we talk a lot about monkey mind when we talk about sevens about about not being able to focus or finish things and and this move to five gives them this this space where they can they can sit down and focus on one task and go all the way through it and and where they can can more appropriately think and plan and see a bigger picture and and pull back some of their sort of like reaching that like the the five space really tamps down some of the like the gluttony that exists with sevens is is that like like you you can actually save that for later and it might still be here and if it's not that's okay like the like it, it, it essentially puts put some reins on some like guideposts on on the sevenness yeah Again, a lot with stance here that you're moving out of a sort of aggressive energy into that withdrawn energy. Yeah. We have a good friend who uh, collects a lot of baseball hats and jerseys and English memorabilia. Yeah. There's a gluttonous side here for this seven, but there's also a nostalgic side here. There's a yeah. pushing into spaces of memory, especially mm-hmm. I think from their childhood of uh, these were the... Uh, times I really enjoyed life was back when I was in England or when I was watching these baseball games with my family. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of the collectibles they have, it seems to come out of that space in my mind. Um, that could get that could materialize in all kinds of ways. I know a handful of scholars who are sevens who love, you know, engaging the past. Mm-hmm. It's a new, fresh topic in some ways, but also there is a, there is the the past element that they're yeah. connecting to. Um, yeah. The sins for five and seven are going to be greed and gluttony. Yeah, well, that's going to uh, be a cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about uh, this the other day, and uh, really excited to have an opportunity to use this comparison because gluttony is like I want to have more cake, and greed is like I want to have all of the cake. Mm-hmm. And when you say when you when you combine gluttony and greed when you're a seven who is secure and also really unhealthy not only do you want to have more cake but you want to have all of the cake and you want to have more and you want to have all of the cake that someone else has so that you can eat all of it you want all of the cake and so so it's yours like so so that you can have it fives mm-hmm. don't necessarily want to eat all of the cake they just want to have all of it Sevens want to eat all of the cake. Combination is having and eating. You know what's better than just eating is having more, I suppose. They can have their cake and eat it, too. (laughs) I stumbled right into that. Didn't see that coming. 
how does that overlap with money? I feel like have we gotten away from money in the, in our conversation? a little bit? <laughs> Only in the last couple. It's fine. Um, I think that that for sevens who are secure in an unhealthy way, it's it's the like it it's a doubling down on gaining the resources to provide the opportunity. Like I I hate that song. Every everybody's working for the weekend because like I'm not working for the weekend. I want to enjoy <laughs> my work and like I've also always had jobs where weekends don't exist. I work at churches and coffee shops. We're always open on the weekends. It doesn't matter. Um, but I, I think for, for sevens who are unhealthy and in security, they are working for, like, they're going to work really hard to collect opportunities like that. Like it, it's, it's not just about making sure they can say yes to whatever thing they want to go do on the weekend. They're actually like the only reason they're working during the week is because of the thing that's coming this weekend. Yeah. And they already have the next several weekends sort of planned out because, and, and they're always working toward that next thing without any regard for sort of this, the stability that could be available there. To just talk about all the head types and money that, that feels like how money works in, in, in that move. It's, it's, it, it, the security and the security go together. Mm-hmm. I suppose there's even a reason why money is often called securities. Right. You know, uh, there's that element of how it makes us feel and allows us to go into those spaces where we hit our secure number. And I think with sevens, like the, 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 that move to five, like when sevens are secure and specifically when they're secure with money, w- when it's healthy, they have... A, a, a space where they could use it if they needed to. Like, it's like, I, I, I know people who have quit smoking, but keep one cigarette, you know, or, or like, like keep, keep, keep that, that unopened pack. Breaking case of emergency. Right. And it, it's like, they, they, they won't use it, but they have it in case they ever did. And that's right. the thing that helps them not. Sure. And so like sevens in that space of real security that that's healthy when they have the, the needs, like when they have the resources for their needs and when they are healthy, they know that they could use that. They know that they could like run out for that opportunity, but they don't have to. And I think that's what like that healthy move to five is, is like like the ability to stop and stay and let your resources be left alone. Holy idea uh, there at five is holy omniscience and detachment. That seems to go real well with what you just said. Mm-hmm. Getting your mind focused, able to take a step back. You don't have to have a foot out the door if you know that the door is unlocked. Yeah. Yeah. Allows for sobriety, which is, you know, the virtue of sevens as well at that point. Right. Boom. Uh, Eights. What's the move to security look like for the eights? So eights bring us into the uh, body triad, the control or autonomy group. Uh, The eights 
want to know who has the power and they want to make sure that whoever does have the power isn't going to abuse them. And, and they're working really hard to, um, to project an image of strength and, and make sure that, that they're not going to be betrayed or used or taken control of in any way. Uh, and oftentimes that means that they will be the ones to take control. Uh, they're very sure of themselves and, and uh, sure of the next move to make and, and ready to do that work. Um, these are the type that like you, you can usually tell when an eight enters the room because they have a, they bring a big energy to the world. Uh, and when they are secure, when they are like really in the groove, when they, when they know what's going on and they're not needing to put their energy into that projection of strength, they move to two and can pick up some of the things that are available at two in, in the focus on others, in the care about relationship, in the, um, need to serve and and be self-sacrificial in that way and um and and really it's like that that focus on the the relational connection i think is is a big part and the, and then combine like put that with the the need to serve and be helpful yeah yeah that's what i see there also they're moving into the heart triad Right. That in theory, can shore up some of their repressed center right. by not only caring for the feelings of others, but perhaps even getting in touch with their own feelings. Mm-hmm. It's going to be present, so not future focused. Uh, they're going to get present focused at two. Yeah, and they're going to become more earners. Yeah. Love eights, watching eights in this space because there's the eight energy, but a lot of eights, their vocation ends up being targeting like i want to be helpful not all eights but i know so many eights who are in nursing um i met a woman just this last week who is a kindergarten teacher who's an eight i met uh, there a woman who advocates for uh children in law uh is in some of our circles um and i suppose the gentleman that tj and i work with throws weddings yeah. You know, and it's it's like I'm going to use my power on your behalf to elevate you in this space, in this mm-hmm. present moment. That's that's just setting yourself up to kind of sweet spot your insecurity there in your vocation, right? Low side, low side of of uh, the move into security is going to be the pride of twos and the lust of eights. Uh, we had lots of fun talking about villains on this front because yeah. there's so many villains. Yeah, Who? this is like like the this is a great place for for villainy to be displayed on screen. Right, yeah. it's a very filmable. <laughs> yeah, a lot of vengeance here. Uh, yeah, talk talk about how pride and lust work in the at the low side. I think my my favorite example of of an eight in villainy is is Thanos from um, the Marvel universe, and like it. it the, because it's so easy to say, I am going to do what's good for you, whether you like it or not. Uh, and the so it's, it's pride in the sense of, I am the only one who has the power to do this. And it is lust in the sense of, the only possible solution is to murder half the universe. I and and I am completely comfortable with that kind of with that level of bloodshed because mm-hmm. I am a bloody person. But also it's for your good. So 
Does the is that a lustful posture for that specific character? I I think it it's born out of his lust. Yeah. I think if he didn't have lust in him, he might be able to consider other outcomes. Right. Other possible ways to do this. He could have snapped his fingers and created a like doubled the resources in the universe, but that's not even on the table. The the only option for him is to murder. I guess that's true. And I think that's because he's yeah. he's a he's a a murderous person in the first place that comes out of his carnal desire to cause harm. Yeah. We talked about Killmonger from Black Panther and we talked about uh, Khan from Star Trek Two, and both of them likewise have these very violent ambitions right. uh, that will cause lots of damage. Yep. Uh, the my way thinking is something that we've talked about with, with eights and unhealthy spaces like this right and that pride pride and lust going together there that's the thing and i i think that when like when thinking about money like like in general money is a is a tool for control and and autonomy with eights and and when you move into that two space which a lot of people say that like the the move into two is actually a very brief and very rare occurrence for eights and and that that move like it it becomes the, a releasing of the need of control like it like i that's where i think the self sacrifice comes in like like that move to two is like for your good is yeah. is the the move there and and my resources are now can be spent entirely to achieve my ends yeah right there you go yeah, that's a, and that's how Theonus's story works. Like he spins those five stones mm-hmm. on the snap and then destroys the stones. Right, right. And and even like the I I like the idea of him. Like he he has this vast army and and this ship at, that's like one of the biggest ships in the universe. We're like in the MCU, I, I I have not read the comics, so I don't know if this applies, and and I don't really want to spend all of this time talking about Thanos, even though I could. But like he has all of he has this huge pile of resources, and at at a point where it looks like it might not work, he's fine with expelling those resources mm-hmm. in order to defeat his enemy, so that he can like like he he tells his one of his generals to fight to start shooting at everyone so that he makes sure that he doesn't lose because he has to do the snap so that everyone else is better off yeah and like he he doesn't care about his own resources anymore he only cares about his end goal yeah which is for everyone else is good you'll notice the overlap of resources and control there you know and so for eights who have financial wealth or you know they're they're in that season of plenty that can then materialize and in those ways is on the low side we're going to use these resources Mm -hmm. to fulfill yeah that that lustful side the high side of two is uh holy freedom and humility and you want to talk about eights uh, experiencing the high side with their their finances insecurity? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I think that that moves into a place where um, 
like because money is is about control when eights are secure and in that two space and and in a really healthy way then money is nothing anymore mm-hmm it's it's what do you need and i will sacrifice whatever i have which even might make me vulnerable in order to make sure that you have what you need yeah i could see some of the like 19th century industrialists being these sorts of people like carnegie and like they they build these empires of steel and railroad mm-hmm. and oil and they've dominated those spaces. Yeah. But then they set up these endowments that last for five centuries, you know? Sure. Yeah. It, that I, I don't I, I know nothing about these these guys outside of their their names and their their business, but that right. feels like how that would work in the, in the I th- world of a five. I, I, I think we're we're going to be hard pressed to find good examples of eights in security and for this particular topic because mm. we won't know their names. Oh, why is that? Because they they didn't do it for the notoriety. Oh, I see. Sure. Yeah. You know. No. I, I actually that think sense. that that Mother Teresa is a perfect example of this. Yeah, and that's actually worth noting a lot uh what uh Hurwitz talks about that. Talk about yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um the, the security. I don't know if it was if it's confirmed, if if it, this was how she identified, but but it said that that Mother Teresa was an eight. Chris here, who knew her personally, says he that says she's that an she eight. is for sure. Okay, yeah. great. So um, Mother Teresa was an eight, and she gave up everything. Like she sacrificed, like like as as a nun, she took a vow of poverty in the first place. But but then she moved to one of the worst places in the world and lived the rest of her life there in order to care for people who needed something that she had to give. And not only did she give up all of her money and all of the research, because she also was able to draw in, like she was world famous and she was able to draw in a lot of resources and, and gave all of it away in service to her mission and it not just resources, but but we there were journals found after she after she passed of of her time where she even said that she couldn't hear God's voice anymore, and like she gave everything about herself to this mission to to improve the lives of these children and and people in in unspeakable poverty and. Like she poured everything out, including her own self, her 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 own faith, part of her soul, and what makes her her. Yeah. She gave that up because her mission was like serving these people was more important than than knowing that it was right or like no knowing that it it was real. Like like all of the things in her life were less important than the needs of these other people. Of all, of all things, as you're speaking, my oldest, uh, who's an eight uh, listeners will know, we're talking about them graduating from college, and they had financial security as a as kind of a target in their mind. But yeah. the fruit of that was that they wanted to be the sort of person that could drop a thousand dollars on somebody else's GoFundMe uh, without notoriety, just just to do it, you know? Yeah, just for uh, no reason. Yeah, right. And yeah. And that, but that was, that was like an ambition, 
that mm-hmm. was materializing and that's like pointing towards I would feel successful if right you know and I think that's a like that's a great example of normal eight space uh-huh. and the eight insecurity is like well all I have is a thousand dollars and I'm gonna give it anyway mm-hmm. yeah potentially making themselves vulnerable there you go yeah yeah that's uh, that's good nines what do we say about nines and uh the move to security and money uh nines being in the center of the this body and control and autonomy space uh nines want things to be calm and easy and and everyone to get along and um avoid conflict at all costs because conflict is is uh, the opposite of calm and and you know Peace is something that is valuable and, and nines want to cultivate and, and create peace. And uh, as they move to, like when when nines, I identify with nines, when we move to this three space, uh, we pick up some of the uh, get it doneness at three. We pick up some of the uh, pay attention to me, uh, the like I am important at three. Uh, we pick up the ability to set future goals, uh, which nines are very bad at. And, um, yeah, I, I, getting things done, I think is, is the biggest one there. And thinking specifically about money, uh, I, I think that a lot of nines aren't great at planning and, and like utilizing their resources in appropriate ways. And when we are in security, the, like we start to pick up on some of that, like what does it mean to be successful kind of behavior? What does it mean to like, like goal setting is a big thing about finances. You have to, you have to plan, you have to budget, you have to have goals if you're going to be a good steward of your money. And like, that's not something the nines are naturally good at. And we pick that up at three. It's a good image of balance there as you're talking in terms of both, in my mind, that you're balancing both the future in your security space, but nines would naturally have past resources. And so I'm Mm -hmm. thinking about what I'm going to have in my bank account. Um, Sure. I don't know. That's As you were talking, that's what hit me. It's, again, a lot of stance going on there in terms of picking up future uh, problem-solving skills and um, getting active. Going to the low side of security, nines are going to pick up deceit at three and sloth in their center. How do you see sloth and deceit working together? I think uh, this is another example of, um, like, this is a space where we where we definitely need to talk about uh, sloth being more about, um, being a lot about not caring. And it's... Um, when you have nines who are naturally sort of slothful and, and like not caring about things that are important and also not wanting to do the work when you move them into a three space, you see someone who is fine taking credit for someone else's work, who is going to raise themselves up as, as someone who, uh, who should be celebrated for the behavior of people underneath them. You have uh, someone who is going to work, who is going to spend their three ish energy on making sure that they don't have to 
do more work than they want to. Right. And, and like, I, we use Warden Norton from Shawshank Redemption as, as our villainous, as our one big villainous nine. And I think he's a perfect example of what happens when you combine sloth with deceit. That dude is not a good person. And he is, he does not care about the lives of the people that he is in charge of, but he is so identified with that ident with with that image that he doesn't even realize how awful he is. Yeah, I see the the self deceit being a fuel for sloth. Mm, like, yeah, one can lie to oneself about oneself, and it, but the real target in the heart of a nine is I just want that dark calm that comes at sloth and not yeah. caring. Yep. Yeah, great image there of uh, the nine insecurity in that movie. You see Norton commonly on the newspapers trying to advance, you know, some of the stuff he's doing, but he is, in fact, a thief, you know, yep. and, and carving out his space that he controls. Right. Well, the high side then at three that's accessible to nines is is holy truth and authenticity is the virtue for threes. You got thoughts on on those two ideas in the heart of a nine? I think that like at when when nines are secure and really healthy, there's a space where like there are things in the world where that I am uniquely equipped to to accomplish there's there's work that only i can do there are things that are really important and that and i have to work to to accomplish those things and and knowing that like being able to recognize my own value gives uh motivation and and sort of like spurs on the ability to to do the work that needs to get done and and recognizing that if I don't do it, nobody's going to, and and like that's a place where where nines really struggle is because but like we you know we don't want to do the work we we want to take a nap instead and and sometimes you have to you have to buckle down you you're the only one that's going to do the things that need to get done and if you don't they're just they're just not going to happen and I think the part of part of truth and part of authenticity is is living into recognizing that like this is this is a space where i have to step up and if i don't i'm i like like it, avoiding conflict breeds more conflict and and we are very good at lying to ourselves about about why we're not doing things about what like so many nines are are often very active in in the things that they're doing but they're not doing what's important yeah as you're talking, I have a list. It's actually in front of me. It's been on my desk forever. It's just my list of heroes that someday I hope we do a complimentary series to villains. Yeah. And the hero I have for nines, there's so many great nine heroes, but the one of the more rewatchable movies for me is Lincoln. And as you were mm -hmm. talking, that's all I heard is Lincoln sure. has resources. It's not money. It's political capital. Yeah. And the whole beginning of the movie is is like everybody trying to talk him out of not advocating for the 13th Amendment that will abolish slavery because it would be a misuse of this massive political capital he has. Sure. 
And a lot of the early part of that movie is him saying, no, this is where I want to spend this. Yeah. And the uniqueness there, the only I can do this mm-hmm. uh, side of things, all over that movie. Yeah. I do like that as the image when talking about authenticity, that uh, for nines as body types, that might be vocational. Yeah. And it might be the energy that pulls you into action. Yeah. As opposed to going to stress. This isn't a bad thing, but in stress, the nine is going to go to six, and it's you're going to get motivated more by anxiety and fear at that space as opposed to like it feels like a healthier kind of move forward to say this mm-hmm. is my authentic self this is my what's mine to do on that front and right it it right. comes out of identity and vocation yeah and and yeah recognizing my own importance yeah there it is yeah presence matters wrapping up with the ones uh what's the move from 1 to 7 look like with uh, with finances, well, ones are we're we're finishing out that um, control uh, triad, and and ones are like there there's a right way and a wrong way to spend your money. There's a right way and a wrong way to do these things. There's a lot of black and white thinking and and wanting to be good and improve the things around them. And and as ones move into that seven space, like as, as they're in the groove, as they, they feel like they're comfortable and know what's going on, that, that seven space offers them opportunity to, uh, you know, enjoy their life instead of constantly working to make things better, to, to have fun, to see, uh, to see more than the black and white that's around them, the, um, to, to look for joy instead of look for, things that are broken and need to be improved. And I think like specifically thinking about money, it, it gives them a little bit more freedom to uh, sometimes spend things on them, spend money on themselves to, to be a little more reckless with their, their use of money. Because like, like I said, there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. And, and, and if I spend money on myself, then I'm so selfish and, Etc. Like the seven space gives ones more reason and opportunity to think outside of their own specific worldview. Right. Dang it, I had everything I wanted to say, and then, uh, <laughs> and, then I, and then I started thinking about myself. It's like, <laughs> um, yeah, moving out of again stance. You move out of earning, earning, earning into a more assertive adventurous posture at seven Mm -hmm. uh at seven the repressed center for ones gets shored up a little bit and engage your head more when you're in seven space yeah and i think it also like that this one might be a little bit harder to explain um but i i think it like because ones are so concerned about the right thing to do like like what is right and what is wrong like that that seeps into also focusing on doing work that nobody else is doing like like sixes and ones share this space a little bit like like nobody else is going to do this so i guess i have to right and i think financial stability uh, allows gives ones a little bit more opportunity to 
to do work that matters as opposed to doing the work that nobody else is doing. This thing has to get done and nobody else is doing it, so I guess I'll be the one to do it. And ones in a really financially stable place can can think outside of that a little bit more and 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 give themselves opportunity to do work that that is important to them, not necessarily this is the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, the idealism is going to come in. Yeah, at that spot, it's not. That, I don't think I've put that together in terms of right and wrong and idealism always goes together, kind of in my head. But those are yeah. different. Yeah, it does not go together in everyone else's head. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I'm going to think on that. Talked about going to the low side of. Uh, seven quite a bit in terms of my own personal illustrations, but in seven space for, for me, the gluttony and wrath at self end up being real obvious for me because the low side means overindulgence Mm -hmm. in self-destructive ways. Yep. At the low side for ones. Yeah. You got thoughts on that? Yeah. I think that, I think that's a great description. Um, Wrath and resentment and, and even as they spill out, like like really villainous ones will become very angry at other people in ways that they don't feel as concerned about repressing. And uh, when other people are not giving them what they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use Annie Wilkes for our villainous one when we talked about uh, in that series. And and her anger bursts out of her when she's not doing what he, when when he's not doing what she wants, and like the um, like you can't you can't write the book this way because I want my ice cream and you better give me my damn ice cream. I'm positive we didn't draw that the connection, but that's exactly where Amon Goth goes also in Schindler's List. Amon Goth, for those of us who have only watched Schindler's List once, I'll try and remind, remind you what happens. <laughs> There's a scene with, uh, what's that guy's name, the actor? Uh, oh, I don't remember. It's uh, He's famous. I've only he seen him once. Vol- he played Voldemort. <laughs> and Oh, yeah, uh, Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes' character in Schindler's List really wants to have a romantic relationship with a Jewish woman, and his self-hatred comes out in his conversations essentially over her. He's very predatory, but it's, it's, it has that, that same element of yeah. just anger, self-hatred, and yet, you know, I don't know what that, like deep longing for this mm-hmm. A thing that he he believes is illicit, you know, and it's just this big toxic cocktail going on there. Yeah, and it's also like I apologize for this ahead of time, but like, like when you don't give a kid a treat and they throw a tantrum, like that that is a great pairing of gluttony plus wrath. I see it. I suppose on. In a different way, I see it as the the thing that is targeted. The one knows it's killing them, like is is going to be bad for them, and they don't sure. care. Yeah, you know, and they want to yeah. consume more and more of it. Yeah, at those levels. Um, yeah, 
I think both both are good examples of of gluttony plus wrath because that's the uh like that's that's one of the tricky things about wands is that that their wrath is directed both inward and outward right wrath at themselves will cause them to overconsume things that they know are bad for them wrath at others will burst out of them when they don't get things that they want yeah it might be i see what you're saying be curious how that plays out i don't know if that i mean maybe i'm blind to this in, in my own life i i think i'm i am would characterize like the anger that comes out of me ends up being much more of the frustration tied with affect you sure. know my ideal isn't met there's there's the yeah. kid not getting their their way right but we're also specifically talking but, about unhealthy security yeah so. right there you go yeah. mm. Well, on the high side of seven, available for ones who want to get their financial house in order is wisdom and sobriety. Right. You'll notice the holy idea here of wisdom is really shoring up the repressed center for the one. Right. And get your mind around this, the what is wise, and there's an insistence on sobriety. It feels like ones would naturally be sober, but I don't think that's that's necessarily true. You got thoughts on this? Cause I, I think this is a bit more expansive than like the what we think of as sobriety. Because I, I, I think sobriety will come in in the sense of like when, especially combining it with wisdom and moving back to one space. You're talking about an addiction to uh, black and white thinking, mm-hmm. an addiction to um, that that need for improvement. Uh, an addiction to like like the things that that ones are addicted to that's the space where they need sobriety and it's not it's not necessarily drugs and alcohol it it's it's these other behaviors that, that like it's not just it, it, for for ones picking up sobriety is not just not being drunk but it's also creativity and thinking outside of this box that they, the the this really specific way that they see the world, like part uh, part of the steps is recognizing that you're not in control. Part of mm-hmm. the twelve steps is recognizing that you're not in control. And and when ones move into sobriety, they stop needing to be the ones who order everything in the universe. Yeah. That's why I see there also. There's a sobriety of judgment there and even mm-hmm. of passions for trying to improve everything all the time. Right. Uh, it can, a sobering that needs to take place. And the sobering materializes out of wisdom. Uh, wisdom's right. the art of knowing what to overlook. Right. And I also think there's like there's there's a freedom that comes with sobriety. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're not a you are always an addict, but you're not a slave to your addiction anymore when you're sober. And and when you're not a slave to your addiction, you're you find freedom. You when you're when you don't have to improve the world, when you don't have to live by this certain set of rules about what is right and wrong to do with your money, then you actually have a lot more freedom to spend it how you want, to to buy things that you don't need, to Throw money down the toilet if it if you feel like it at on this particular day. There's there's freedom there. Yep. Yeah. yeah, 
I think that's spot on. Liberation for ones is getting beyond their harsh moral categories and rules that are self-imposed. And right. notice that I don't think I've put this together, but a lot of the rules and systems that ones might put on themselves are a form of self-torture. You know, the, right. the, that is the wrath itself. I'm going to be hyper-restrictive sure. out of these systems and put that together. Um, well, that's what I got, boss. Cool. Friends, it would mean the world to us. If you took a couple seconds and give us some stars or a review on the iTunes, uh, we are meeting every other week uh, on online, and these have been fantastic. You can um, meet with us on Sunday nights, every other Sunday night. We get together with 20 or so folks, talk in Ethereum, real easy to find. Just go to aroundthecircle.org. And you can sign up. It's somewhere there on the homepage if you scroll down a little bit. We have a uh, live event coming up this February in Colorado on stress and security. If you want to dive deeper into these sort of topics with us, it's going to be great fun. And that's what I got. You got anything else? I got nothing, man. He's CJ Wilson. He's officially awesome. I'm Jeff Cook. Who you aren't isn't interesting. <laughs>